hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Oh about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 238.2 live from Las Vegas at the Consumer Electronics Show. We are we are fully set up. We have stings. We have the whole kit. Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. Hello, Trevor. We've uh, have been through press day. We're also sitting Whew. here day one of the show proper as well. It's nice to have the show actually open. Yeah. I mean, a lot of anticipation. It's like a wedding. A lot of planning goes into it. That's a very good analogy. You've got all this stuff you've got to get organised, and then suddenly the day, the big day arrives, Mm. and here we are. We're in Las Vegas. There's lots of uh, grooms and bridesmaids. uh, (laughs) Yeah, well. Uh, Anyway, moving on. uh, (laughs) We do it all thanks to the good people at netgear, netgear netgear.com.au. We'll tell you more about them shortly, but let's get cracking. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. So as you alluded to, Press day was yesterday, so I feel like we've been here for a week. But <laughs> feels that way, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it's it's just crazy, intense kind of activity. It's not. I mean, no one should ever pretend this is hard work. It's just it's just intense. A lot of a lot yeah. of distance to, to cover and things. But that's why it feels such, such a long time. But press day, uh, Stephen kicked off with Ford and uh, Fitbit. Uh, we'll talk about Fitbit shortly. Ford actually did have some good stuff, if I'm honest, um, yeah. which which was good. I'll talk about that probably later this week, and maybe a little bit later in the driverless car stuff. Um, but overall, I felt this year's press day was a bit flat. I don't feel like we walked out going, wow, yeah. or on pretty much anything apart from yeah. a few um, gimmicks. That's the, that's the challenge that all the companies have. And unless, unless they've got something absolutely massive and totally new and revolutionary, we're very hard to please. We've, we've <laughs> become, over the years, we've become to expect all this great stuff. And unless they absolutely just pull something out of their hat that none of us have heard of and none of us have seen before, mm. then of course. But at the moment, we're in sort of the still that evolutionary stage of, of these products. Yeah. So I mean, we got through the day. We had LG, Samsung. We'll talk about all these press conferences later. High Sense, uh, Panasonic, Qualcomm, Casio. Actually, yeah. most of the stuff we'll talk about today yeah. was at press day. Yeah. Um, Sony later in the day as well had there. That was the last press conference. Sony of the was day. the last press yeah. conference of the day. Traditionally. The last and traditionally the only one that has it on their booth on their here at the stand, yeah. convention center. That's right. And very similar to, to previous years. We won't we won't talk specifically about any Sony announcements, so I'll just touch on it here. But you know, they've got this beautiful I mean the booth's the same as always. It's this yeah. magnificent three hundred sixty degree um, uh, projected screen around them and uh, the CEO comes out and <clears throat> they they take a very relaxed approach, but to be honest, I couldn't name too many products that came out of it. Yeah. Um, but I I feel two things. I feel a focus on 4K HDR, which we'll talk about with some of the others. They've, they've actually created a brand logo for that. Yep. Plus, uh, I feel like they're trying to get re- renowned again for audio and video. Like, you know, we used to yeah. have the Sony Walkman. Sony used to be a big thing in boom boxes. They're you know, playing when we're, to their strengths. That's trip. right. They're going back to, to their the, strengths. you know, with Bluetooth speakers, headphones and things, because they do do it bloody mm. well. And but they you know, also you know talk a lot about cameras. What, yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to talk about. The cameras, they're, they're alpha cameras. And, and I haven't had more feedback or, or praise for Sony's cameras 
more so than at this show. Yeah, all, right. all the people that are here lugging their gear around, you know, I mean, I Rob and all, all the people we know, they're, they're raving about the Sony Alpha 7 II or whatever yeah. they've announced. People talk, professionals yeah. that aren't, aren't stupidly aligned, talk about them being better than Nikon and Canon well, right now. I spoke to a guy today on the uh, Tiffin stand, you know, the stand that's got all the different um, the, the Steadicam stuff. Mm. And he had this crazy gimbal setup and the camera on board was a Sony Alpha. Yeah. And I said, is this your camera? And he said, no. He goes, I'm a Canon user, yeah. but I would switch to this in a heartbeat if I, ha- if I wasn't so invested in the in Canon, Canon ecosystem. That's so thing he's got all the lenses. lenses. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he said, yeah. if I was starting out now, that would be my camera. That's and this it. is coming from a, like a seasoned photographer That's the who point, is uh, aligned with, who had previously been with Canon. All right, so we've been through press day. We've, uh, we're in day one. Let's start cracking on about the, uh, the actual booths and, and the announcements uh, at here at CES on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Well, LG, well, they usually are the first press conference, but Fitbit and Ford yeah, cut got, their grass they this year. They're yeah. 7.30. That was an, that's an early press conference. Yeah. 7.30. Yeah. LG have been the 8 o'clock press conference for as long as I can remember here. Yeah. First one of the day. And they were again this year. And there were they started out, Real. I'll touch on really quickly, the first two things they spoke about was all about cars and how they have the potential to turn every surface in a car into a display. Right now, they did they did uh, qualify that by saying that look, we're no strangers to the car. They've been making car screens, mm. third party stuff for all the different manufacturers since two thousand and eight. Yep. So they're they're pretty. Uh, they've been in the automotive space for quite a while. Yep. Next thing they spoke about, which we expected, was the Internet of Things and how yeah we, we want to make your life better and want to make your life easier and how their portfolio of products are going to fit into that which is pretty much what the same songbook everyone's singing out of mm. at this at this show but i think the biggest thing from their from their press conference was the announcement of their signature products they're, so they're Top, top line, yep. beautifully designed. They, they had an OLED, they had a, uh, a washing Wash machine, a refrigerator. air purifier, and the um, yeah, and the and the fridge. Crazy as well. fridge. That, and see, that was the when I look at, and I didn't go to the, the the event, but I looked at all of the like writing about it just to get a heads up to make sure I wasn't missing anything on the TV side because I was going to do it on on air. And the only thing I took out of it was the fridge. And I had a look at it today. It's awesome. You tap right. the screen and you can you tap the, the door and it's a black screen that then opens up so you can see through you can it. See in the fridge. And then you wave your foot at the bottom and the thing pops open, yeah. which seems gimmicky but actually pretty darn good. Although, interestingly, um, I was talking about this on Your Tech Life. Wouldn't it have been smarter or smart to have one that closes itself? Think about the number of fridges all- that are left open. Yes, that, 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 that's you with good, me. Good How many point, times are parents point. yelling at their kids? Yes, well, I think that the idea of opening it automatically is like your handful of stuff and, yeah. and, and things like that. But um, now I, I, I had a look at that on the on the stand today, and uh, that was very impressive. And it, it worked every time. The, 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 the knock went transparent. That's to keep the cold air in. So that that worked pretty well. But although it is hard though to uh, go past their OLED range, Mate, they are they're hitting it out of the park. The and, OLEDs. and it was a bit interesting. We go into the booth, and I put up a. a I tried the three sixty fly on the on you, you, yeah, you when you I ran saw, into me yeah. when we were starting, and just try and give people an impression of the amount of people there. But in the booth. I don't think I saw any curved screens other than the ones in that special area yeah. where they were just making a beautiful display out of mm. curved screens. Mm. Mate, curved is out. No. I will, I, I've got, uh, I will talk about Samsung later. According to them, curved is way, way, way in. 
I it's a, it's a tale of two cities, isn't it? A tale of two companies. Mm. I think. Look, I, I think LG didn't have a lot of. They're still going to sell curved TVs. Yeah, totally. They just didn't have a lot on display. Mm. Uh, but the the signature OLED, the 4K OLED, right. 2.57 millimeters. And yep. what's that? It's like four, four, credit, four cards. credit cards. Yeah. And, and there is a, a sheet of glass that sits behind the screen, just to give it some structural integrity. Yeah. They I don't see. need it. Yeah. But they had they to have it. They do feel flimsy, though. Like you, well, you've had the curved eyelid. It feels exactly. flimsy when you take it out of the box. Imagine setting that up and accidentally you crack it, you break it. Like yeah. th- that's that's the issue they're going to have. So oh, look, they're flat OLEDs, which we saw in Berlin. Yeah. Um, they're spectacular. They. This is the thing. I don't understand why they're not massively outselling Samsung. Well, these are flat says, too. The signatures are flat. It, it says to me that that people aren't buying expensive TVs. It's a very, very, very small portion yep. of the market because the scale is in the lower end yeah. and, and, and they're not getting that cut through. I think LG's best measure of success or best attempt at success would be through creating an OLED that's flat, maybe not 4K, right? Mm. Hear me out. And it's like 46 to 50 inches, and it's a, an amazing price, like yeah. two grand. Yeah, I don't think they could. Could you imagine how that would sell? I don't think they'll do that because don't forget, they've still got their, their super UHD range. I'm just saying, so, if you want to yeah. dominate Samsung, they've got, they've got to dominate Samsung. We were talking today to someone, and like Samsung's got like 23% of the market, uh, LG's got 17%. Mm. Uh, so the, they're a the, long way off. The percentages that LG have pulled back, they've actually taken them all off Samsung, is what I'm hearing. But the. The S, the super UHD TVs, which still have HDR, they're all they're obviously not as the quality is not the same as OLED. They but all, still no, I'm just going to stop you there. They all sing from different song sheets because we had a conversation with someone today who said something completely different to that. Yeah. But you know why? He said to me um, on on uh, units and value. So there's different measures. Yeah, there's, they measure yeah, also yeah. volume. How, how much? Course, yeah, volume, yeah, volume and value. So yeah. it's it's very like. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll pull the GFK number soon. But yeah. But the, um, uh, just just one last thing on that 4K on the the signature OLED. The base yep. is where all the guts of the TV is. So all the TV circuitry is in the base, as well as the real base. In other words, the speakers mm. uh, is uh, there as well. So you have got the speakers. You got and what the I'm mounted on the wall that comes off. Well, now what happens? The uh, the the the, the uh, base actually tilts up upwards into the to the back of the television, oh, okay. so that the speakers still hang down, and then uh, okay. they point still point forward. Okay. Yeah, they have. They did have one up on the on the stand t- today. That's mounted on the wall. I took a good look at it. Tell you what, I got to mention real quickly too on the LG stand to the Web OS three. Oh, how fast is it, mate? It's really cool. Very good. And the uh, magic zoom was an interesting little feature where you can zoom in on parts of the screen and uh, you can add very like I think they have got Google Play now available on yeah. iOS three, so you can use it obviously for your for your content. I don't think there's, you could play too many apps on it, but. Uh, the, the, that has become a long way. The WebOS 3 is brilliant. It just says to me that, that we've, we've agreed that's the best TV. We've agreed it's the best web, uh, smart TV OS. Uh, people aren't buying the best. They're buying on other things like value and, and other things. So it's they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're home. Internet of Things, really quickly, is uh, they've also got their own I.O. Play. Welcome to the North Hall, by the way. The blokes around here so I start singing now, have or? subwoofers and speakers the size of a house. Wow. And well, every the, now and then... I'm going to talk over out. the top of them because LG have also got their LG hub that allows you to control your other devices through your television. So they've got their IOTV. Whoa. <laughs> I feel the my subwoofer is shaking the floor here. It is ridiculous. Amazing. Amazing. 
But uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the internet of things. They've got a little hub that you can buy. That's uh, the little little product that connects your Wi-Fi network. And part of this little device is a button that can detect things like vibration, noise, and proximity. So what it can do, hmm. for example, you got an old washing machine. You can put this little LG button on that washing machine and program it to say, when the washing machine stops vibrating for longer than one minute, yep. send me a text message. In other words, the washing's oh, done. Oh, see, that's smart. So Without they're, they're, having to have a smart washing right. machine. So they're, they're, they're thinking outside the box there as well. They can even have it because it's got a proximity sensor. You know, you can put it in your garage so it tells you if your garage door's up or down. Yeah. So little things like that where they're, they're thinking to, nice. to expand that smarts to uh, product people with older products. A lot of information about that at techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick uh, on, uh, while speaking about TVs, uh, I had a tour of Hisense today. Uh, I love the Hisense booth mainly because they, they love motorsport. So they've got a NASCAR there. They've got two race simulators. Going to have to go there one early morning. They've got a Red Bull racing suit and, and F1 steering wheel. So I was kind of really there for that, to be honest. But they've got... Remember last year when Samsung came out with the SUHD? And yeah. we were all like, what's the S stand for? Who knows, yeah. right? Yeah, so then, pick, yep. so Hisense have gone ULED. Oh, so Ultimate. What's U stand for? Well, I don't think it stands for anything. Because it's going to be about their marketing. I think they're saying you. that you, it's you, you, as in you, you equals these things. It doesn't right? stand now, for ugly. Or nothing no, like it doesn't. Um, the the thing about it is that um, they're 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 pitching this as a premium range product, right? So they're saying that this ULED side by side with OLED. So they're they're not pitching against SUHD. They're pitching. Well, they are indirectly, but they're pitching directly to OLED, mm. and they've got a side by side. It's very good, like side by side. Of course, they choose the content and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but it is very good side by side, and I understand it'll be significantly so cheaper, obviously, it's, it's, than OLED. So it's ULED. Yeah, ULED is just their brand naming for but, it. But it's but it's actual organic it's, light emitting diode. No, 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 it's, no. It's, it's, it's just LED, right? But with a whole bunch of things. That's so, going to confuse people. Correct. Well, so does SUHD, it's, right? Yeah, it's just, just the whole thing's confusing. Plus, someone's going to say, "I want an OLED," and the high sense say, "Don't you mean a ULED?" Yeah. And they so, go, yes. so <laughs> they say you know, HDR. So everyone's talking about HDR. Yeah. High dynamic, High dynamic range, range yep. so a better, better kind of colour usage. But they say that there's four things it does well. They don't, I don't know sure they say it's the best, but they, yeah. it's certainly motion, colour, contrast, and resolution. That's what they're saying. If you buy their ULED TV, you'll yeah. get those four things covered. So they're, they're pitching it at a premium end, not, so it's certainly not a low-end product. It's not even a second-tier product. They're pitching it directly up against people who are walking in thinking maybe about buying an OLED, hopefully they're, they're going to be dissuaded by the price, essentially, and want to well, spend a couple of grand less. That's what I was going to ask. A high sense, uh, they're, they're, well, they're kind of a second-tier brand in the TV market. They're not part Number of the three big... in Australia. Oh, there you go. Well, so they're, so they're ahead of um, They're ahead of Sony, Sony and Panasonic and Pana, by right. lengths, yeah. apparently. Okay, well, that, that's... that's... Well, I say apparently because we just, you know, we just heard the conversation well, about LG. Exactly right. Who, yeah. who knows what the yeah, real numbers but, are. But I think they've... There's still people who are still very brand loyal, and, and by that I That's mean a massive they problem. don't want to. They don't want to spend five grand on a TV that that, that is relatively new. Yeah. That that's kind of the challenge that Hisense really has to do it properly. And at shows like this, where it's a very good point. We, we should point out that people like this show is not just for us journo's here to you know write about stuff. This is where decisions are made by big stores, chains of stores. 
the they decide, okay, we're going to order in 10,000 of these and 20,000 of these. This is where yep. the rubber hits the road in terms of yeah, what's To the point where, where day one here, I said to, yeah. to Andre from Hisense, I said, what does people like Harvey's think? And he goes, mate, they're in meetings now. We'll find out. Yeah, so right. literally, they're in meetings yeah. out the back of all these rooms to, to find out what they're going to buy. They're doing a deal. They're, they're going to do a deal. Happening. That's exactly. what CS is for. we got to remember. Absolutely right. So it, it, is, it does look like a good product I um, side by side, but we'll have to wait until we get to choose the content. That's the kicker with the TV. When I can put my content on and not yeah. the beautiful showreel that they yeah. they well, chose and all all TV all stores they all do, do it that. yeah they all do it yeah. all right listening to two blokes talking tech two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick okay we've uh, mentioned Samsung already but they had their press conference later in the day on press day and I actually did a, a bit of a booth tour now uh, the stand is full of curved televisions mm-hmm. you were mentioning earlier I asked the question I, I said look curved v flat what's the story yeah they said it in the SUHD range 50 50 right. and in fact in the lot, you know how you can only get curved TVs in the in the eight series and nine series. Mm-hmm. Curved TVs at Samsung have come down to the six series, so oh, they're okay, for, right. more affordable yep. curved TVs at Samsung. So the curve is definitely still in uh, in play in vogue at Samsung. But the booth tour, two amazing TV achievements uh, as soon as you walk in. One is a one hundred and seventy inch. SUHD TV, which is in in metrics, is four point three meters is is the size of this screen. Incredible. <laughs> but what really caught my eye is the transformable screen. Now, what? you know when you when you're watching on a normal TV, you get it in sixteen by nine. Okay, you know how sometimes when if it, it's uh, you see if it's a if it's a sixteen by nine movie, you're watching there's sort of black bars top and bottom. Mm-hmm. So some of the times the aspect ratio is not right. What this TV can do is detect the input, the aspect ratio, and transform to suit the aspect ratio. So what it basically is, it's two halves. The TV is two halves, okay? When it detects, say, the 21 by 9, the two halves separate, twist around, and join again at, an, at another side of the of the LED. Just for those people at home, that will never, <laughs> ever, ever it's be a, on it's sale. It's a prototype, but it, it does... That's it, about as much hope as the Faraday future <laughs> Batmobile over there. <laughs> but look, I've got to say, if you get if you get a chance to go to the, to the stand, it, I've got it on video, I'm going to put it up on my on Tech Guide the next day or so. It is a great way where, rather than having to watch those annoying bars top and bottom, the black bars top and bottom, it twists around, rejoins. It's incredible. Can you tell dance. me about something actual? Okay. Well, they, they, as, as we mentioned, SUHD, they're really going hard after their, with their quantum dot technology. So that's their answer to LG's OLED is the quantum dot. Yep. They've got their 10-bit panels, which means they've even got better color processing. So the whole picture processing has gone even higher. They've got 100 nit brightness. Did you know that a nit is actually a level of brightness, Trevor? I've not heard, some, not something listen? you comb out of your kid's head. I've heard it now at LG. LG, yep. at Samsung, and at Hisense. So it's the new. It's the new. Um, it feels like the new Hertz. Yes. You know, we, we're talking about like speed refresh, yeah, refresh rates. rates. I feel like yeah. we're talking about nits. Well, now. the nits uh, at Samsung, they're saying that they're minimum 100 nit brightness, 
other competitors would be their nit is My about son hasn't had nits yet, but hopefully well, yeah. he'll get 100 nits. He'd have to buy a comb for these TVs. 100 nit brightness, he'd be pretty thick because he wouldn't be allowed back at school <laughs> with 100 nits. Yes. So, uh, yeah, no, very impressive. The uh, brightness and colour visibly improved uh, over, over last year's models. I mentioned the curved how still very much in play there. Very much. They love, they're loving their curved TVs. Uh, one other thing we should mention about Samsung, the press conference they announced, uh, apart from their updated TVs, they also announced uh, their sort of Internet of Things play, mm. which is their smart things, is their, is their uh, reference to that. But they also announced uh, a new, the Gear S2 yep. update, where we get rose gold as well as a platinum version. Isn't rose gold the new gold? It's, it's definitely in. They also, and I was so excited to see this today, the Ultra HD Blu-ray player. Uh, it's coming in April. To the Tech Guide Theatre. Absolutely. <laughs> coming to the Tech Guide Theatre. They're going to have, they've already got support from Sony, uh, sorry, from Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox. More than 100 titles before the end of the year. So basically, it's 4K on a disc. That's what we on need. On Blu-ray. And uh, the, the, that will be available in Australia in April. Uh, I forgot to say, because you've, you've made me think about 4K content, yep. Hisense are going to make available for sale an 8K TV. Yeah, there, there's an 8K TV on the Samsung stand as well, 98-inch yeah. one. But they're actually going to make it available for yeah, sale. Yeah, so, so is LG and Who's Samsung. Who's buying that? Yeah, well, someone, with, someone with a lot of coin. What are you going to watch? I don't know. Have You'd to have to have a disc-based you know, Blu-ray. Absolutely. Because otherwise yeah. it would be crap. But they had, they had that on. And I asked that question. LG have a similar 98-inch and so does Samsung. And I said, look, are these just sort of to say, look what we can do? Or hmm. because no, they are for sale. People can buy these. But yeah. who the, well, hell, no, is about who the six, hell's going to buy them? Hisense is about a 65-inch. Yeah, the Samsung mm-hmm. fridge. Let me talk quickly about that. That was the, uh, the family hub refrigerator. That's yeah. got a 21.5-inch screen. And this, you've got to remember, five years ago, or six years ago, there was a internet fridge. It was in 2011, I think. Samsung had their first internet <laughs> Pretty fridge. Pretty much every year. But so, but at the time, it was just such a gimmick. And I don't think the ecosystem was quite ready for it. You know, there, there weren't as many people who had smartphones, and the internet of things was, was not really a thing. Mm. Uh, and it, did a, it, it was great, a great gimmick, but obviously it, gimmick has now met reality. Uh, that's how this was described to me today. And with this 21.5-inch screen and its connectivity, you can uh, call up recipes, you can leave notes for the kids, share calendars and things like that. But also, too, this also allows you inside the door are cameras that take photos of the contents of the fridge every time it's opened. Yeah. So that, that does that. You can actually see that on the display and also then drag uh, use-by dates to each of the products in the fridge so you know, okay, well, just at a glance, I know that's got two days to go, that milk's running out in two days, so you know exactly where your food's up no to. No one's ever going to do that. Well, they also, but another thing too, they announced at the press conference here, they did a big deal with MasterCard to allow them to tee up all these grocery companies to sell you groceries straight from the Samsung fridge. That is also happening in Australia. They're in talks right now with Woolies and Coles and all these, these supermarkets where you can actually order straight off the, the, the fridge For as well. the six people that bought that very expensive fridge. Well, yeah, they'd, uh, I think they'd be due for another one by now. That was five years ago. Yeah. Uh, last thing at Samsung, the Galaxy Tab Pro S2. Yep. And this is the, um, the su- Super AMOLED. Well, you know the Tab S2, which we both love. It's a really thin and mm. light Android tablet. Mm. This is uh, now a 12-inch version with uh, running Windows 10, though, not Android. So okay. the Tab, Tab Pro S2. All right. Samsung. And there'll be lots of details about Samsung's uh, announcements at techguide.com.au. Two folks talking tech.
You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenning. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear's Arlo's smart home security system. Stay connected to what matters. Arlo keeps track of the people and places you care about most in brilliant HD, providing live viewing from your smartphone and sends notifications alerts straight to you when motion is detected. Place Arlo cameras, cameras in hard-to-reach places, indoors, outdoors, and watch um, every, anywhere you are, from home or anywhere in the world. In fact, I'm watching mine here from Las Vegas. It's 100% wire-free, weatherproof, with night vision, and you can have every angle covered. Arlo uh, from Netgear. Check them out at netgear.com.au. So, um, there has been a lot of talk about driverless cars ever since my first time here, frankly. I remember, I think it was 2012, Lexus had this big talk about it. Lexus has now got one car sitting here. I mean, it's not like they've, they've upped the ante on, uh, on driverless cars. But I noticed there is, the Mercedes-Benz stand was very, very impressive. That's very <laughs> nice. Are you due for an upgrade? <laughs> I, the, just, I just saw my next car. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. The, um, you know, Toyota's here, Audi's here, uh, General Motors is here. You know, everyone's here. Ford. Um, BMW's out the front. BMW have announced um, they're going to get rid of the mirrors on cars. Yep. So they get rid of the mirrors and put sensors and cameras in the back. So you're just looking at the rear view mirror is actually a screen that actually so covers everywhere. No blind spots. from a camera. Pretty much. But, but obviously a lot smarter. So it's, it's actually giving you no blind spots. Okay. Um, the interesting one for me, and we wrote this up at EFGM, the Kia. We, we, I sent Adam to Kia's press conference at the end of the day. Because they actually announced their press conference as being their roadmap to autonomous cars. And I just thought they're actually putting it out there. That's a big deal for, for someone to actually go, I'm going to tell you what my roadmap is. So, uh, you know, for all the companies that are out there, there's obviously a bunch doing, um, doing driverless cars. Um, but it's interesting that Kia would be, you know, it's, Kia's not a top tier at all manufacturer. Can I ask, though? Yeah. Cars can do this already. Uh, no, so, like, well, not, but, not no, but didn't, uh, on highways and like in, in certain situations, it is it. possible for your yeah. car to uh, to to keep a distance behind a car, yeah. to slow down, yeah. not quite change lanes. But no, Tesla will change lanes. Well, isn't it? It's happening already. So what? What's stopping? Why hasn't because Ford people and all believe? Other companies done it? So well, okay, that's a great question. Why is Tesla? 20 steps yeah. ahead of everyone else because they're because Tesla sold 50,000 cars last year. Yeah. Volkswagen sells, sells millions of cars every year. Yeah. Now, I don't want to bring up Volkswagen's dramas of the year, <laughs> but they have one drama with a driverless car. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, no one wants to be that first company that has something go wrong, I reckon. Mm. So, you've got two two angles at it. You've got Google and, and Tesla, essentially, working on the mm. autonomous car. We want, we want no drivers in cars. And then you've got all the other manufacturers going, how can we make life easier? So, genuinely talking about the fact that in a certain number of years, and we're talking a couple of years, you should be able to drive up to a, a hotel valet here in Las Vegas and just say, valet my car, just put your keys in the, in the thing, press a button, and it drives itself into the, and it's finds a spot in the lot. And when you're back, it drives itself back out. So who do you blame, though, if it gets scratched? The car. car. This who's who's going to be blamed? And that's exactly why no one's doing it, right? <laughs> but are the laws holding holding some states back no. as well? So, no, like, is, oh, is there so a law where you've got to have hands on a no. wheel? No, the, the laws hold you back from uh, self-driving cars. So the Google car, with, which has no steering wheel, right? That laws are required. So for autonomous that. and well, self-driving are they same or different? I, I think people um, confuse them, but I believe they're different. Right. Uh, Please uh, explain to my Pauline an, Hanson impersonation. An, an autonomous car. I would think is the Google car, which right. theoretically... You, you, there's you, no driver I'm, there. I'm on my you're smartphone. I actually go into Google Maps. I say I want to go here. I sit in the car and it says, you're right to go? I'm so, going to go. So it's like and you're in a taxi. Correct. Right. Correct. 
Whereas um, self-driving cars are cars that, you know, my, my little car and I go, I'm going to go into self-driving mode now and I've set the nav, get right. me there. Um, okay. But I, but I can you know, actually I stop for stop for petrol and you know that's it's the coming down from the main manufacturers. But to me, wouldn't it be safer and easier to make it so that in case of emergency, there's a that I'm sitting in the driver's seat. Yeah. Like with a Google car, if you know if if Skynet takes over the world and mm. then starts driving cars in the poles and killing people. Mm. What's, what's going to happen There was then? some statistic recently that the autonomous cars, Google, uh, Google car, for example, have more accidents per, you know, per car than any other car. And you know why? Because they obey the road rules and everyone else smashes into them. Oh. Right? So these cars... Oh, other cars hit them. Yes. Oh. Right? Because these cars are obeying the rules Computers and the others see. don't. But yeah. if there's one thing you look at today, it's on the Ford stand. Yep. They've got a, a car there with sensors on the roof, which is essentially the sensors that are in, a, in an autonomous style car. Yep. And they've visualized it up on the big screen. So you can actually stand next to the car and see yourself on the big screen right. in this visualized world. It's, it's fantastic. That's a tech that's been, in, that's been offered in by other cars, a eh? 360-degree view. Oh, no, so no, you, no, you have to go and look at this. This, right. is, this is like sonar, radar, understanding oh, right. okay. exactly what's going on uh-huh. for autonomous drivers. But let it's me ask cool. you this, uh, Sam, we're talking about cars here, and at, at CES it's more cars than ever before. What else, apart from self-driving, autonomous, what's the other... Uh, put you on the spot here, but so, what's, no, what's the other it's, you know what, hot Same item. as last year, it's Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Yeah. They're all realising they have to do better with in-car entertainment. Yep. In-car entertainment in most vehicles sucks, mm. and Apple CarPlay and Android Auto are yeah. fantastic. But it's also that important piece of technology, the smartphone, which no one wants to get my, their hands my, off my it. My music's still in here, my it. nav's yeah. in here, my everything's in here. And I, safely using it. I, I've never enjoyed uh, an in-car entertainment system like I do the yeah. Pioneer system with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It's fantastic. Awesome. And that's 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 it's on every booth. Yep. They've all got it. Nice. You are listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now we mentioned earlier the very very first press conference at Press Day uh, at the same time as the Ford press conference at 7:30 a.m. Still dark it was in Vegas. Try your eyes, was, princess. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go to the. Fitbit <laughs> was the uh, the Fitbit press conference 7:30 and what they did they announced their first. Smartwatch. So the they're not calling it that, though, are they? Well, it's a watch, mate. You know, if, oh if no, it, it looks like it looks like, it looks like, like a duck, duck walks like a duck, duck, and quacks like a duck. It's a duck. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a tip. This one looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and they're calling it a chicken. <laughs> well, it's called the Blaze, as a matter of fact. And See what I mean? Fitbit is well. Fitbit's the uh, one of the best known. Let's say one of the they best have known nailed. They are brands. to they are to to fitness trackers wearables. Yeah, what iPods what, were what to MP3 Google players. is to search. Yes. And well, now though they they're playing with the big boys what now. Kleenex is to tissues. <laughs> yes, we can keep going on like that. But Fitbit now, I think they've they've climbed out of that kind of limited market of the just the activity tracker, the band, mm. the fitness band, and they've decided, you know what, we're going to play first grade now. We're going to take on Apple Watch. We're going to take on Android Wear. Mm. We want a part of that. Yep. And that's what they've announced with Blaze. It's a, it's their first product with a color screen, color touch screen. It's going to have a heart rate monitor. It also will allow you to pair your smartphone and get your notifications. And similar to the Apple Watch and other smartwatches, won't have GPS built in like your, your Phoenix 3s and Suntra Traverses, those sort of uh, watches, but will take GPS from your phone and, and then give you that information. Uh, it's also it's not waterproof. Now, 
What? We're going to chat about Casio next, so we'll, we'll, we'll leave that. I think that's a real gap in the market of smartwatches where everyone's all, all this whiz-bangery and, and great-looking smartwatches. But if you want to, like, this is this is a fitness watch that allows you to track 15 different exercises, but mm. one of them can't be swimming because you can't wet the thing. So I think if they had made this waterproof, it would have been even better. It, it It's not quite the same level as Apple Watch and as other Android Wear devices. It's going to be a bit cheaper too. I think it's going to come in at about 200 US when it's released in March. So let's call that 300 Aussie dollars. Mm, mm. Uh, it's sort of playing just under that space. But their name, their brand, it'll carry them forward. I think a lot of people will be looking to uh, to check these out when they come out in a couple of yeah. months. Yeah, I think they're the best place to, uh, to do better in that area. I mean, I look at what Jawbone and... And Garmin's probably the only they're competing essentially with Garmin here, and that's why they've got to make it waterproof. Garmin have got fitness watches yeah. that do most of that stuff, and you can you can actually track your swimming. I mean, that's that's where they should be going. If Fitbit wants to want to challenge her, they should they should be aiming at Garmin. I reckon. So interesting stuff. Uh, the Blaze uh, information is at techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And speaking of smartwatches, you mentioned the Casio. So this is cool. I mean, I can remember seeing the Casio G-Shock with Bluetooth here, and over the years they've, they've had more and more of them. I have, uh, with heart on a sleeve, been a massive fan of their Bluetooth watches because it's a normal watch with Bluetooth functionality for things like music control, for a whole bunch of great features, right? But they, they aren't competing in the smartwatch space. Well, now they are. Uh, they've un- unveiled a, a brilliantly named, as most Casio watches are, the <laughs> WSDF10. Very, um, very memorable name. Oh, mate, that's ridiculous. Yeah. The lights have gone off, but some idiot's turning up his music. Genius. It's, it'll be the bloke with the bloody Harvey. It's the, Harley, dis- yeah. it's the disco phase of the yeah, day. Yeah, no, it? some of their best work. Anyway, um, so it's a rugged smartwatch, uh, water resistance, and military-grade kind of uh, well, specification. Water resistant to 50 metres. Yeah, but that's pretty good. That's, that's what we're talking about here, right? But see, water resistant to 50 metres. It's quite metres. chunky, though. But, but it's a Casio. It's basic, but they haven't used the G-Shock name. This is what surprises me. They've gone for a bit of a rugged look, but they haven't gone G-Shock. I don't know. Why is that, I wonder? I'll tell you why, I think. I think they're sceptical. I think they don't want to be in this space, but they have to be. Well, they've made it And I think this will go really well for them. No, no, I think they have to go hard on it. And then next year... G-Shock smartwatch. Yeah. Because it makes sense, though. Like people who you imagine, a, you imagine a smartwatch you can run over in a truck? Yeah, of course. Or, or a, a smartwatch you can go swimming with, fishing with. Best feature the of this. The best feature of this is you can go into a mode that makes it last like a week on battery. Yeah. Because that's the killer with smartwatches. I'm, I'm in airplane mode on my Apple Watch because I can't remember to charge the bloody thing on my way. Yeah. No, it, it's a big watch too. Have you seen? Yeah, it? it's, very chunky. Well, I know Casio G-Shocks are solid watches anyway, but this this was uh, quite quite on the chunkier side. But yeah, well, I, I brought with me two Casio watches that are very chunky, so I'm pretty sure that they, this is smaller <laughs> and, and running Android Wear as yeah, well. So yeah. it's compatible with not only Android phones, also iPhones yeah. as well. So yeah. uh, oh, that, that's uh, I was very impressed with uh, with the Casio that memorable name again, the WSD F10. Check it out. It's at eftm.com.au. Well, I'm uh, very pleased to report, Trev. I had a, a, an interesting meeting, a little bit of a fan moment with um, a bit of a fan moment with uh, a gentleman You're by like the a name kid in a candy store. The gentleman by the name of Greg Grunberg. Now, for those who are thinking, who everyone's the going, he? who's he? Right. Well, anyone who's watched the show Heroes, which was around a few years ago, right. he was the guy who had mental telepathy in, in that show. Oh, really? He's also been in other shows like Lost and all these other shows. Everything that J.J. Abrams, the director J.J. Abrams, has produced. 
he has been in. Reason being is that he's been friends with J.J. Abrams since they were four. Wow. So he was happened to also be in a little movie that's just been released recently called Star Wars The Force Awakens. He was wow. an about? X-Wing pilot. I haven't heard about and it. And <laughs> I was waiting for oh, my... Oh, is uh, that a Star Wars yes. franchise? Oh, that's the one that George Lucas was, didn't uh, like. <laughs> I was waiting for my meeting to start with uh, Gibson, who uh, will chat really briefly about their products. Yeah. I was Let's talk about outside. a Star Wars fan moment, and yes. then we'll talk about the Gibson product. Greg G. Grunberg gave me his business card. I did interview him about six years ago. He never remembered that, of course, but I did interview him <laughs> six years ago when he was in Heroes, when I was at the Daily Telly uh, doing all my Blu-ray reviews back then, and uh, he gave me his card. He said, dude, interview me again, and I took his card, and I will be following up on that email. But anyway, we were sitting outside the Gibson the Gibson stand, which is actually in a huge tent out the front of the yeah. convention center here. Gibson are the company that distributes brands like Philips and Onkyo, and they were the brands that I looked at today, Philips really are the kind of the value audio proposition. They've got terrific Fidelio product range. There's there's uh, their headphones, their soundbar. The Fidelio soundbar, the B5, is the soundbar that has detachable ends that become rear speakers, rear wireless speakers. So uh, very handy. Uh, they, they also have. They also showed me a range of their new their new multi room speakers called the Izzy oh. range. Very interesting. Izzy. They're Izzy. I double Z Y, and they are both. Oh, no, someone they are Izzy. both wireless and Bluetooth. So you can say you've got five in your home. Those five speakers actually connect together to form their own network. So rather than you having to control it with an app, it'll just play everywhere. Or if someone in there wants to play a speaker on their own, they switch it to Bluetooth mode to go one-on-one. So that was really interesting little product. They, uh, they've also got a, a range of them, so the BM5 all the way up to the BM50. But one really interesting product that caught my eye on the stand was the Onkyo X500, which is a, uh, a, another little multi-room speaker as well. Uh, it looks a little bit like the Bose SoundTouch speakers. But apparently, sound quality, and it was very hard to hear it well because Gibson had a band playing next door. Uh, they were that that it offers a lot more power out of a quite a small unit. But uh, no, so the the wireless headphones as well, the W880BT. Now these are true wire-free earphones, so they're Bluetooth for a start, and each individual earbud fits into your ear. There's no cable connecting even the earbuds. So Very nice. Really nice. You're going to see that on Tech Guide in the next day or so. So a lot of cool audio products here, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting them in my hands to review, actually. I'm a big fan of these products. The Philips brand uh, distributed by Gibson, the old and, Gibson and on, guitar. On Kia, that's right. On Kia. Check them out uh, shortly, techguide.com.au. And we'll wrap it up quickly because I've got a radio interview to do in like five minutes. Um, I, was, I was wondering why you give me I've the never, wind up. Mate. I've never given you the wind up in my life. Up. I was going to jump the desk, but I thought, <laughs> no, I won't do that. Won't do that here. Um, so, quick little bit of news that's on Tech Guide uh, from Apple um, that they they had a fair record during the uh, the Christmas holidays, uh, more than one point one billion dollars. That's US dollars. US dollars spent on apps and in-app purchases in the holiday season. What two weeks? Two weeks, right, $1.1 billion. Incredible. And the, in, on New Year's Day. Now, when do they put out a press release? <laughs> well, New Year's Day this year, so Jan 1, 2016, was the biggest day in App Store history. Broke the record set seven days earlier on Christmas Day. Do you reckon this, that's interesting. That's a very specific bit of information to give out. Well, 
$144 million on one single day is a very specific bit of information for Apple. Do you reckon that's this is in response to the fact that they're copying a bit of grief about their stock price and their, their product Mate, roadmap and all I that? I don't kind of know, stuff? but I'm just trying to think why the resurgence, why are people do, downloading more apps? Obviously, people got them for Christmas and things yeah. like that. You've got to remember, too, there's other products out there that also take apps like the Apple Watch, the Apple TV. So there are more apps also being downloaded from other devices that, that are now in the, in the Apple family. Yeah. So uh, pretty big. And I think a really good uh, stat, too, was the number of jobs that have been created. Like App Store only opened in 2008. Yeah. And th- they've created in that time more than 1.9 million jobs in the U.S. alone. So the whole app creation ecosystem, we're talking creators, developers, engineers, entrepreneurs. Yeah. 1.9 million in just in the US alone. And Europe, 1.2 million jobs. In China, 1.4 million jobs. So Teach your kids healthy. to code. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's as simple as that. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I still can't believe it's only been day one. Day one. <laughs> it's Wednesday here. One We've down. still got Thursday, Friday, and uh, most of Saturday is, 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 is here, but we probably won't be here because we, we get exhausted <laughs> and, and we've seen pretty much everything. So still several days to go. We will keep chugging out the podcast as we go along. That's uh, episode 282. 238.2 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. You can read about those stories at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. You can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH and myself at Trevor Long. Stephen, it's just lovely to see you here at CS. It is. And uh, I can't wait to to see you again very soon. Yes, thank you, Trevor. We'll talk tomorrow. Talk tomorrow. I promise not to wind you up tomorrow. (laughs) Two Blokes Talking Tech.